0: Here. Hello! 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 Welcome. Say, say hi. Look, look ahead. There you go. Hey.
1: Welcome. It is Monday night generational change.
0: I'm Jen. I'm Peter, and we need a bigger crowd. So Lulu, work your magic. Convince more. Seriously, look how cute, cute this
1: dog is. Yes. Seriously.
0: Look. Seriously. Oh, with the ears and
1: she's so cute. Are you the cutest? She's so cute.
0: Happy so fi- happy 51st birthday.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I've rotated the sun 51 times.
0: That is correct. That's
1: a lot of times rotating the sun,
0: people. That is a lot of times. So why don't you tell everybody how your weekend was?
1: Okay, so uh, fun weekend. Actually, it was one of the best birthdays because I met my, my boy, child number one, who was coming home from college. He goes to Ithaca College. He met me in New York, and we saw Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden on my birthday, which was really, really fun. Hmm. So and my son's a piano player, so it's like he loves him. And yeah, it was it was really cool. Nothing like seeing the Piano Man in and I, I've i seen him a bunch. I definitely have seen him a bunch of times, but never in Madison Square Garden. So that was really
0: cool. Unfortunately, there were a lot of not so good things that happened over the weekend. Um, obviously, everyone knows what happened in Buffalo, yeah. uh, which was terrible. Uh, there were a number of other things that have obviously happened since we last on the air. Of course, more has happened with Roe v. Wade. Not a surprise. Oh, and uh, President Biden decided to start a war with Somalia today. Oh. So that's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, it just gets better. Uh, but oh. with that said, with that said.
1: Was I was uh, I worried about being invaded by Somalians?
0: Or know, are they, they Somali?
1: Somalis? I don't want to be rude. Somalis. But with like, people from Somalia, was I like... Fearful from them? Did we need to be defended from that? Like, no, I'm trying to understand how in no, anything in Somalia could be a threat to me and require my defense to have to go on an offense in another country. No, they <laughs> Are have,
0: they coming on the shore? I, am I going uh, go to have resources and we want them, and that's it. You know, if we invade, uh, you know, if Russia invades Ukraine, that's terrible. But when we re- invade a country, no one even knows it's happening. So, uh, I have to be the bearer of unfortunate news. But yes, this apparently happened under the cover of night. No one really knew about it, but it's happening. And of course, we are literally invading their country. So again, but but we'll do it nicely. We won't kill anybody. <laughs> we'll just hogtie them all. Uh, I mean, who knows?
1: And then I, and then let's say, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years from now, there is a whole new terrorist cell of very angry Somali people who were invaded and we're raised to think that we're bad because, well, and so then are we surprised when the, the terrorists rise up after being oppressed? Like, I, I just, there's there's no long
0: thinking here. This is also where uh, Representative Omar really needs to be coming out and saying that this is wrong because it really is. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we are very glad to have tonight a returning guest who, I think we both agree, is one of the best uh, – upstart candidates that is out there yeah. uh we try not to be too judgmental about those who choose to run for office it takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts to do it but there really are ones that sort of rise to the top as the saying goes you macho man and so in, in i know it's a great reference i love it. Um, so without further ado we're very happy to bring back my fellow jerseyite and candidate Jersey, uh, yeah, 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 all about jersey 10th congressional district amadi oakley welcome back to generational change
2: Thank you so much for having
1: me. How are you? Hey, hi, Moni. All right, let's get this out. Did you go to Rutgers?
2: I did not. I went to Howard University, actually. Okay. (laughs) No.
1: Because all he talks about is, you know, I went to Rutgers, like Rutgers, <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers. So, it, okay, as well, long as you don't have that in common with him, I could I could survive a night of Jersey.
2: Well, my mom did go to Rutgers,
1: though. And <laughs> <So, laughs> well, like, And <at> my family. <laughs> don't they always talk about it? Like, does anybody that goes there not say that they go there?
2: So, uh, because, like, we're in Jersey, I think people talk about it less. It's probably that they talk to you about it more if you're not from Jersey. Like, right.
1: Right. <laughs> No, it's really good. So how's the campaign going? Um, We spoke to you a long time ago. So tell us where you are in the process. When is your primary um, and what's your race looking like right now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So primary is in three weeks, June 7th. So we are really, really coming down to the wire. Um, But since I spoke to you, you know, we've done some really great stuff. Uh, We've been endorsed by 24 national and local, um, as well as prominent individuals who, you know, saw our progressive stance and saw our fight and decided to get behind our campaign, Uh, which I'm not even, I'm I'm thinking for a progressive uh, challenger in New Jersey, that's actually unprecedented if I'm not correct. Um, So we were able to build that momentum. We've been able to fundraise at least six figures every quarter. um, And now we are coming down to the wire. We just released our uh, latest ad um, and we're going to be pushing that out as much as possible, galvanizing people to the polls. And I'm feeling good about our chances. I really, really am. Uh, You know, one thing that I've noticed in New Jersey is, you know, when these establishment folks don't do anything, that's when you know you're not doing a good job because they just don't care and they don't think you have a chance. When they start getting up and, like, working harder than they've ever worked in their entire careers, that's how you know you are doing an excellent job. So I feel really good about our chances, but three weeks out, we're going to need all the support and hands-on deck that we can get.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that a lot when you say, like, the harder they work against you, like, I look at what they just did to Nina Turner, and I think, like, the harder they, that is how scared they are of you, and I also appreciate that, especially with a lot of these sitting incumbents, they just sit there like they're on a throne and don't actually work anymore. They just sit there and, like, collect their checks, but this actually forces them to be stressed out and have to worry about it and, and, and work for it, which they should
2: anyway. And so I I appreciate that you're doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, We've pushed my opponent to uh, not only denounce his relationship with Amazon, but um, now he supposedly is this huge labor guy, despite taking money from Amazon for years. So, you know, we are, you know, win or lose, we have actually pushed this man to be a better elected official, which is sad because he should have done it in the first place, which speaks to why we'll be replacing him on June 3rd. But ultimately, you know, that's what we have done. And we've done such a good job at building our momentum building our campaign up, building this movement, that he is scared. I get text messages. It's hilarious. I get text messages all the time from people who are like, hey, I heard on good authority that he is really afraid of me. (laughs) On some level, it makes me feel good because it's like, wow, we ran a good campaign. But on another level, it's like, bro, you've been there a decade. You inherited your seat. I've never run for office before. And you are so ineffective in your job that little old me is making you afraid. It's it's embarrassing, but it makes us feel good.
1: So. Yeah, no, it's you're you're fierce too. I mean, don't don't undersell yourself. Like it's yeah. not like you you look like someone that's a pushover, and you clearly yeah. know the issues. So you know, yeah, you, you're a, you're formidable for sure.
0: The electoral process is very difficult in New Jersey, uh, fellow. Uh, progressive, as you know, Monterey is dealing with an even bigger mountain to climb oh. up in Connecticut. I had no idea that the laws were even worse. Um, but clearly the thing that they do in New Jersey is they try to trick you when you vote. They try to make sure that you don't actually know. It's kind of like reading the old uh, 2000 presidential ballot down here in South Florida, where you thought you were voting for Al Gore, but in reality you were voting for Pat. It's lines. It's all lines. Exactly. So yes. what other wonderful tricks have the... New Jersey Democratic machine done to try to throw off potential voters from supporting you versus your incumbent?
2: Yes. I mean, so the biggest one is definitely the ballot line. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to at least get line B in two counties, but in one county, I'm all the way at the bottom. I'm on on line C. Um, and so, you know, they're trying the usual trick of the ballot line. And for those of you who are just tuning in, The ballot line in New Jersey is literally unique from any other ballot in the country. We're the only one that has it. And it's where machine party bosses place their favorites in one long column and then other people who are typically progressive challengers on random places all over the ballot. And the point is to confuse the voters So that they see these long lines of Democrats, they're like, oh, I should be going here, and not actually going for the people that would serve them better, who have actually worked harder for their communities, et cetera. Um, And it does give an advantage to people like my opponent, who are essentially no-name folks who don't do anything, because the way voters' eyes naturally gravitate on the ballot, they'll naturally gravitate towards that long column of names. Uh, Of course, we have been getting out the word about the ballot line our entire campaign, talking about it in interviews, uh, making sure that all of our graphics and social media is talking about it, emails. So we are really excited that we think people are going to be prepared this time to go in there and not make the same mistakes that folks have made in the past with the ballot.
1: Whenever I think we're bad, like when it comes to this stuff, like talking to people from other states, when it comes to our elections, like don't get me started on the whole counting problem, okay? Like in the
0: accuracy of that. No, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, but Florida's if, not that bad like, compared to a lot of other states. On
1: our ballot, it's alphabetical order yeah. for each category. So whatever it is, so my name was above Debbie's, just alphabet, it's alphabetical order. And they order say it
0: is each. an electoral advantage if your name is first. Yeah. And yeah. They say it. Is.
1: But you know what? You have to go one way or another. I mean that's it's true. like an alphabetical order at least is it's not biased.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a lot of, the way some states do it too is that like it'll be it'll rotate depending on the county. So a certain like it went. So, for example, I have three counties in some states what it would be is that it's alphabetical order, but it changes depending on the county. So at least in in this scenario, at least one person would be a in one of the three counties. We don't even have that in New Jersey. though So (laughs) you got to look for the folks on your ballot in New Jersey and don't vote straight down that line. And also one thing that confuses people if you want to vote for folks in your area who are down ballot from Congress, so if you want to vote for county executive or, you know, another local race that's down ballot, you can do that. Um, if you want to vote for me and then somebody else who's on uh, Donald Payne's line. Now, keep in mind the people on Donald Payne's line are also machine backed, but if you wanted to do that for some reason, you are allowed to do that because that also throws people off sometimes.
0: Speaking of machine politics, again, um You know, I'm from New Jersey and I know how these things work. And unfortunately, uh, New Jersey really is a have and have not state. Uh, It's also a Democratic supermajority state. Uh, There's been a lot of talk over the last couple of days trying to make sense of what happened in Buffalo. And we all know that, um, you know, both sides are going to use it to their political advantage. It's pretty disgusting. Um, But if you can talk about the fact that the, the racial segregation problem in New Jersey is a both party problem. Yeah. This is not, you know, one party is worse than the other party. This is when you're part of the machine. And granted, it's a Democratic Party machine that dominates New Jersey. Uh, the corporate owned blockade, whether it is re- re Democrat or Republican, they are always going to protect each other. That is the end-all, be-all when it comes to New Jersey politics. It's been that way for years. Uh, you can have somebody like Governor Christie, or you can have somebody like John Corzine. Thankfully, it looks like Phil Murphy's actually been doing a pretty decent job, and I say that uh, knowing that the bar is very low. But overall, New Jersey politics, and whether it's Republican or, in this case, Democrat, When it comes to racial segregation and oppression, there are no good guys. There really isn't. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, correct. One of the things I'm not sure if I talked to y'all before this had started up or or after. But one of the things that actually happened during this campaign was that redistricting happened in New Jersey. And they were trying to cut a bunch of black neighborhoods out and of NJ 10 and place them in NJ11, where their voting power would have been obliterated. They would Their voting power would have gone from being around 53% to around 8%. And why were they doing this? To protect another corporate machine politician that's all they were doing it for. And our campaign fought really really hard. We talked to folks in the neighborhood, we got folks to come out and testify that they didn't want this and that they were tired of black neighborhoods being treated as less than by New Jersey politicians. But, you know, still if our imagine if I wasn't running, all of that would have been happening and nobody would have been talking to these folks, seeing how they feel, asking them to come out and testify because honestly, there were also a lot of issues with getting out the word that these um, hearings were even happening, right? And so, you know, the machine was trying to do this very, very sneaky thing, not caring at all about black voters. And, you know, it's not the only place where that happens. You have a lot of also so-called Democrats who care about black folks constantly, constantly doing the whole tough on crime thing and bolstering up police. And these are the types of things that ultimately lead to mindsets that push forward white supremacy. And if people are unable to see the threads and the web that connect those two things, then frankly, they should not be in office because you have to have at least somewhat of an expertise and understanding of how these things are connected if you are truly going to serve black and brown communities. Um, And, you know, this isn't a game. This really isn't a game. It's not a game of rhetoric. I've taken a lot of heat in the past before for speaking up about the racist aspects of New Jersey politics. But you know what? Racism kills people. And I'm never going to stop speaking about it so long as it exists and it is harming people.
0: Well, yeah. you really have made a huge difference in a short period of time. I, said I just this. want to
1: say one thing about the gerrymandering thing, though, All before right. we before you go on to something else, mm-hmm. that the fact that your state is a, is a Democrat supermajority state and this is the nonsense that's going on. They are disenfranchising black voters like when we have it here, whatever happened up in whatever DeSantis was trying to do up in district one, which is essentially the same thing, three, -hmm. three. three. Okay. Um, And all of the Democrats here are like saying, oh, that DeSantis, he's just so this, he's so that. And yeah, that might be true, but I just, they refuse to take their own inventory. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's very, like for me, that's frustrating because it's like when you, when you know better, do better, but they're just proving that they're not better.
0: This is, in your own, this is in your own backyard, and I would tell anybody, if you really want to know what New Jersey looks like in a nutshell, go to East Orange and go to West Orange, and mm-hmm. you will see exactly what the state is in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have said from the time that you were on the show a few months back, you are the next Cori Bush. Um, no one is really talking about it, but you are going up against a dynastic political machine that has dominated the North Jersey black community for I guess it's about forty years now, mm-hmm. um, maybe longer. It's and a monarchy, people.
1: These are monarchies. It is, it it's is. unbelievable. It's just <laughs> like
0: it's just like in St. Louis. It's the exact same thing. And I am willing to bet, Amani, that you have probably met at this point probably thousands of people that have never had their door knocked on before, Ever. have never been yep. approached, have never said, "Oh, what are you doing here? No one gives a damn about us. We don't have any money to give you." And so that in itself creates a groundswell of a campaign. And that's why I think you have a candidate who, or a representative who's on his heels right now, because again, he's not Bill Pascarel and he's not Frank Pallone. He right. just happens to be somebody who's a part of this machine, but he is, again, uh, he's just, you know, again, he's, he's, hold, he's holding something for somebody. He's like, a, he's like a camel bear. And when you have that type of a representative who is not doing anything. And now all of a sudden he's getting pushed and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm not taking that Amazon and money anymore. I'm hopeful that there are enough people in the district who are voters, who are going to vote, who are seeing right through his crap. I mean, right. that's what you hope.
2: Yeah, no, I have actually knocked on quite a few doors where people say, you know, no one's ever knocked on my door for before. So I'm voting for you just because of that. Like, not I, we don't, I don't even get to a policy aspect. I don't get to talking anything politics wise. They're like, you know what, you took out the time to knock on my door. I'm actually going to vote for you because no one else has ever done that
1: yeah
2: actually there um so you know it's it's absolutely true and to be clear though my opponent is still taking amazon money he's just performing that oh bad amazon you shouldn't do the bad things that you're doing in an op-ed but he's still taking their money and still using it to crush the actual pro-labor candidate
1: yeah i'm not i'm not surprised by anything that they do at this point i mean it's like nothing these are very like small people These are very small people. They're not, you know, and there's a lot of insecurity there, but he knows he's not serving. He knows that he's not out there. I mean, you know, basically living public service, you know, we did a campaign, we did a service-based campaign for 18 months. We did community service. We would knock on doors and say, how can we help you? What's going on with you? And, you know, no, these people would look at us like I was from outer space, Mm -hmm. like no one's ever taken the time. You know, these people are used to somebody who shows up at their community center with a big check and a photo op for like 15 minutes on like MLK Day. <laughs> like our
0: representative <laughs> just did very recently.
1: Sorry to say, not that that's not an important uh, recognition, but you know what I'm
2: saying. No, no, I I 100% know what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's these... Very few and far between opportunities that they take for a photo op. Oh, look how much I'm doing for you. Look how much I care about you. And then at the same time, we have some of the highest levels of foreclosure in the nation. Some of the highest levels of rent uh, in the nation. Uh, We have a severe issue with lead in our drinking water. We have severe issues with childhood asthma from all the pollutants in the air. I mean, it's just these amalgamation of things that make when they show up. And it's true, like MLK Day is one great example of that. It makes it laughable, but not really because it's almost—it's really a slap in the face to real people who need real things and need a representative who's actually going to work for them.
0: Amani, you bring up a really great point. Uh, the intersection of your district runs along uh, the Garden State Parkway 280 and the Jersey Turnpike. And uh, all of these places, as everybody always likes to point out, are right by Newark Airport where you have all of the uh, sulfur plants um you know, uh, all these, uh, carbon emissions that have been destroying the New Jersey atmosphere for 60, 70 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am willing to bet that your representative is not a, what we would call an endorser of a green new deal or some type of a complete change in the way that, um, energy, uh, energy extraction is done. Uh for anyone who knows New Jersey knows that it's it's just sort of this cliche that if you get off the if you're if you're on the Turnpike going south from the from the airport you are going to cross some of the nastiest smells you've ever experienced and your attitude is I want to get as far away from this as I possibly can as fast as I can well how does that feel for the hundreds of thousands of people and yes it's that many that happen to live in the surrounding area and it's been like that for a long time has that been a key topic of discussion as you've been on the campaign trail.
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, he has not signed on to a Green New Deal. Um, and environment is a huge issue on this campaign. I mean, and even in the suburbs, I mean, we have those pollutants in the more urban areas, but also what the suburban areas are seeing are is increased flooding um, as well due to climate change. Um, so it's also damaging their homes as well. So environment is really huge for the entire district, whether you're in a more urban or suburban area. Um, And again, we have a congressman who will not sign on to a Green New Deal because he's your typical fall in line corporate establishment Democrat who is like, no, I'm not going to sign on to a Green New Deal because I don't like AOC. Meanwhile, his, you know, people are getting their basements flooded in his district and dying from asthma. So, you know. He is not a, a green champion at all, um, and he's really not a champion of anything, really. He just kind of does what he's told, goes where he's told, collective check, and that's when he decides to show up because he also has one of the lowest attendance rates out of all members of Congress. So the so little bit God. that he's even doing is when he decides to show up.
0: Amani, can you explain that? Because we hear this a lot. I mean, it's like there. Uh, we unfortunately outrageous. had to deal. Uh, I mean, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz runs South Florida politics, New Florida politics in general. She yeah. was literally casting. Every single vote for for the late representative Alcee Hastings for almost two election cycles, which is incredible to think about that. How do you not show up for your job and anyone could tolerate that? (laughs) And and frankly, maybe this is something that we're not really familiar with because we hear like all these guys don't even show up and do their job. What does he do exactly? Right. what, What is he doing? What is he doing?
2: He's not in the district, that's for sure. <laughs> and that's the thing, because you would think if someone's not showing up to D.C. that they're at least in the district a lot and, and you know, interacting with folks there. He's not even doing that. Um, so he's getting paid 175 a year in taxpayer that, money yeah. to work. And at the same time, I guarantee you, he will not be voting on the types of things like, say, UBI. Um, or things that you know will financially cushion other folks, I guarantee you he's not going to vote that way because the party tells him, no, you don't vote that way because you're an establishment person and you fall in line and you don't vote that way, and he just goes right along with it. So he's getting paid 175 a year to do nothing and would never give any average person in this district even close to that same courtesy for actually going to work. Um, yeah. So it's it's absurd, but that's why I'm running against them and why I am really looking forward to change coming to New Jersey um, on June 7th. I feel really good about what we've done. We've got three weeks to keep going and bust it out. So anybody watching this, if you can, please shoot us a donation. Uh, we're going to be doing a phone bank uh, on the 28th with one of the orgs that endorsed us. So please sign up for that. It's on our social media. We really, really got to hammer this home. Yeah, no. I
1: think you're an amazingly good candidate, and i, yes. I think no, you're an amazingly good candidate. And my thought on this is that when I meet people like you, and and uh, you know that I that I see is really part of this movement, like this this movement of just trying to get people into the current century, but yeah. like it will work one way or another at one time or another, like it will happen. And you are one of those people that is like, I I very much appreciate you and your voice because you are somebody who I know is getting things done one way or another. And I, and I,
2: I very much like that about you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, covering me because, you know, as I'm sure, you know, progressive candidates, you know, we really rely on you all to get the word out about us. It's really, really so helpful because you know, I don't know what the corporate media is doing, but, you know, it's it's very it's very difficult to get coverage there. So thank you all for this service as well. And Absolutely,
0: considering how um, we know how a lot of people in the establishment operate and a lot of them, quite frankly, are not on board with this Garbage. Um, Have you had, uh, let's just say, people within the the rankings, uh, you know, come to you in private and say, "Look, I can't say this publicly, but I absolutely love what you're doing, and I will support you in your uh, in your effort to unseat this."
2: Uh Like people in the labor
0: unions. Yeah, (laughs) seriously.
2: So I have had. I won't say who, but I have had people who come to me privately and say, "Yeah, you know, we really love your candidacy, but you know." It's a a bunch of, you know, different excuses. It's either like, but, you know, he's just so powerful or, oh, the machine is just so powerful or like, but, you know, I knew his dad. It's always like these excuses. That's kind of like, sure, but also there are people who need a real representative. Um, So they have come um, there. I'm sure there are like some favors that are being done. But, you know, it's it's a weird place to be in because it's it's also like you know, real people need a real representative. And if we can't, we cannot afford to continue moving forward with such fear of power. Of course, they're powerful. Of course, they are. They're sitting there, but they're doing nothing to help everyday people with that power. So at a point, if somebody has a bunch of power, and they're not using it for good, it's up to us to tap into our own power. Because we're not powerless. We're not powerless. We're just we've just been disenfranchised in a lot of ways and oppressed in a lot of ways. But we are not powerless, especially together. We have to tap into that and really challenge them. Um, so I mean, that's It, it is unfortunate, um, you know, to to kind of it, it's like a weird place to be. It's like on one hand, I really appreciate those type of conversations because it lets me know like people do appreciate what I'm doing and people um, you know do believe in me. But on the other hand, it's like. But guys, like, you know, I'm not like I'm not the second coming, you know, (laughs) just the average, you know, person from Jersey. I'm just trying to do the right thing here. I need as much help as I can get. So it's a weird place to be in, you know, when we hear that type of stuff.
1: Yeah. I just think that people don't understand how hard it is to do what you're doing and that. Even win or lose, like regardless of what happens, the impact that's made just by doing that and reaching people and anything you do to inspire.
0: gives people hope.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And that just knowing that there is somebody out there who's looking out for them. And I think that that's really important. And the thing that I learned is you were even saying before you didn't even get to policy. You didn't have to because the bottom line is people will vote for you if they like you. They have to like you. And I mean, genuinely, they have to think that you're warm, that you're sincere and that you're reasonable and whatever. And for the most part, you don't even have to talk about policy because they just want somebody who's looking out for them. That's
0: liberals in general. Like, if they like you, then you can talk about policy. If they don't like you, then you don't. They're, they're not even. Gonna I don't know I mean, if it's just liberals. I think just people, you no, know, they, I,
1: they need to like you. I think
0: there's different types of voters. And I think that. um that trust factor, especially in the black community is it is a very, very hard thing to come by. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, they kind of got to feel you out like really hard, really fast and be like, is she just full of it? Is she just in it for her career or is she actually here to help us? If she's actually here to help us, then, We'll, we'll get behind you. And that's why I think you're, you know, representative Payne is definitely feeling the heat. He's going to be in a world of pain, no pun intended, or maybe a little pun, uh, but, you know, because, again, it, there is um, there is an inevitability of what we're trying to do here. And it's unfortunate that the, you know, the non-corporate progressive movement is, is fairly discombobulated right now. We were in Cleveland for Nino. We saw what happened there. Um, I, I, I believe in you. I I think what you're doing is great. Um, if I ha- happen to uh, somehow make it up to New Jersey in the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, I'll be more than happy to you know come through um, you know the Irvington area and you know lend a hand. Um, He's you know, good whatever. at
1: canvassing. He's no, good. Not
0: okay
1: <laughs> I'm okay, but I'm the problem is with me. I'm slow because I I end up having like long conversations with people. So it's like I feel like I'm thorough, but Fair. I'm not. Indoors, like I, I'm just. The truth is, I'm slow. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what
0: I'm saying. That's why canvassing early on is so important. Yeah. Because having those yeah. thorough conversations yeah. is very. It's it is. like if you're trying to win the election, by the time early voting gets to, gets around, you've already lost. Because the amount of time that you have to spend. It's like you got to touch them three or four times before you know for sure that they're really in your corner. And then essentially the way I see it is that by the time you get to early voting, it's a matter of connecting with them again and saying, by the way, can you get like three or four people out to the polls to vote for me as well? Because this is a collective effort that we're going to need. And so. we are obviously pulling for you. I think you've got an excellent chance of pulling this upset. Not a lot of people are talking about this race, which they is, they, they ought to be.
1: But here's the thing. And here, and I, you know, I don't know you well, well, but please tell me you wouldn't ever vote present.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, listen, you know, I, I will say this. You never know what you're gonna do, and I tell people this all the time because yeah. another thing that I find is that you know a lot of people are very burnt out and disappointed with you know the fact that we really haven't seen the change um, that you know a lot of folks were saying we could get. Um, and there's a bunch of reasons for that that I'm sure we don't have time for. But what I tell folks oftentimes is this: I can't predict the future, but what I can 100% tell you about is my past, and in the past. I have 100% always stood up against the machine. I have a long history of doing that. I have a long history of working for the people and working in public service. I have a very traceable and long history of that. So when you have a history like that, it's it's very hard for me to say in the future that would switch up because I've built the habit. I know how to take punches and I know how to throw them. And I absolutely will doing, be doing that once I win uh, on June 7th. I uh...
0: It will be a real shock to the system of the New Jersey machine. If you are able to do this, uh, the likes of Gottenheimer and the rest are definitely going to be on their heels because it is, it, it, it goes without saying that New Jersey is got a lot of problems. It is way too expensive, maybe the most expensive place to live. People can't afford to live. Um, the infrastructure needs a lot of work. Um, as I said at the beginning, uh, I am pleased to see that, you know, Governor Murphy has at least done some things to try to mitigate some of the problems, but it is a long road ahead. And, you know, the, the machine is not only powerful, it's staked in g- multiple generations of political corruption led by, yeah, I'm going to say his name, Frank Pallone. Um <laughs> There, there is something to be said for bringing that change. And the truth of the matter is, Amani, and you know this very well, it just takes one. It just takes one person to break through that force field, and they're all going to be on their heels. Our good friend, Zena Spazakis, who I'm sure you know, who ran against Bill Pasquerel. You know, she took her shot. Um, eventually, somebody's going to get through. And once that person gets through, um, who's also uh, our friend who ran in New Jersey's eighth? um. of aware. Say, say the same again.
2: Uh, Hector. Where?
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, Hector.
0: Awesome. Love Hector. Yeah. I
1: always mix. I mix up my some of my New Jersey people and my New York people.
0: Oh, you know. Don't get I, mad.
1: I do. Sorry.
0: Well, you're lucky that you. Like for to some reason, I New thought he Florida was Florida Queens.
1: People. Never mind. No. Just go no, on. no okay. No.
0: So <laughs> I do think that you know, you're ev- eventually somebody's going to do it, and uh, I know it's going to it's still going to be tough on the first try, but if you do pull it off, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm just not.
1: And would you come back either way? Will
2: you oh, yeah. Back? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. I mean, it's like I said, you all do a excellent job of covering mm-hmm. progressives when most people, you know, won't, no matter how good of a job that we do. So I, I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll course be that. <laughs> That's
0: not a problem. And, and, and look, uh, you know, we can't neglect city council, county commission, uh, school board. There are yeah. so many important places that people could be running for office that are vital. And there, are, there is such thing as, as punching above your weight class, but you are somebody who has worked on Capitol Hill. You actually know how this stuff works. You know how to connect with voters. You are exactly the type of person who should be running for Congress.
1: Yes, you are.
0: And Oakley for Congress Guys, if you can. Remember, this is the home stretch. So any amount of money that you can pitch in right now is going to go towards canvassing efforts over the next few weeks, as well as if you can volunteer for phone and text banking. That is huge. Mm -hmm. And any amount that you can provide for support, it doesn't have to just be financial. If you are on social media, share Amani's posts, let people know, because there are a lot of people. Frankly, there's probably a lot of people in Staten Island, in Manhattan, South Jersey, even in Western PA that could potentially make the trip out to North Jersey and lend a hand. Mm -hmm. So anything that you could do to make sure that all hands are on deck, win or lose, this is what we have to do over the next few weeks. So please do. Uh, Amani, final thoughts before you go. Hey,
2: listen, thank you all for all support. We have three weeks. We're in the final stretch. Um, so please help us out any way that you can. The website is Oakley4, forcongresscom congress.com. Uh, social media handles are my first name, my last name, then NJ10. Uh, I'm looking to really... Bring it to the machine on June 7th. I'm looking to win. We need a win here in Jersey. It is time. The machine has been out of pocket for entirely too long. They've been way too comfortable for way too long. They've been oppressing us and suppressing us for way too long. It's time they stop. And June 7th, I'm confident we are going to put an end to all of that. Hell Thank yes. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Imani. We'll talk to you soon. Great to you so much. much. Bye, guys. Have a good one.
0: So she's a rock star.
1: So you know what I something that really bothers me is like yes I I understand that it's a states' rights issue but the complete discre like the variety of election mechanisms yeah I think there needs to be some sort of national like standard like states have control of of things but there still could be a national standard you just need to be within this but some of these things like. That that line thing that they have in New Jersey, that's essentially putting out a slate
0: card. But again, uh, that
1: that shouldn't even be legal. I mean, well,
0: again, like I said, over the last five, six years, it's been a political odyssey for a lot of people. A lot of people are waking up to the corruption of the system and they don't really know uh, what to do. So a lot of people are kind of getting caught like with a deer in headlights and they're thinking wow this is how you do politics and they're like well this is kind of how we've always done it you just didn't notice yeah well and i'm
1: compiling I'm, that information people i'm compiling you know. it and we're going to keep track of it and we're going to like put it out there and i'm not going to let this keep happening over and over
0: no, and no alani here. is definitely a badass and She's the truth great. of the matter is, is that um there's only so many holes that the establishment can plug um i don't think they're going to be able to plug this hole i think it's obviously going to be very daunting for her to pull it off on the first try. But if there is anyone that I would bet money on would take it on the second try, if she doesn't win this time, Amani Oakley is at the top of yeah. the list for me.
1: Well, she's doing an amazing job. Just She's coming from organizing. When you yeah. come up from
0: that, it's... And legislating. Yeah, the fact that she's got both of them, the fact that she's organized locally in her district, and she has served on Capitol Hill—that's a big deal. Yeah, and she is extremely knowledgeable and well spoken. Oh yeah, and her representative is a joke. I, and she didn't go to Rutgers. All that, and didn't go to Rutgers. Well, whatever. How I mean, I can't. I, she How is that possible? She can't be perfect. It's not like you can have everything. <laughs> but the good news is, is that this really is another Cory Bush type situation. Um, Political dynasty, uh, Representative Payne literally inherited the seat from his father, much as Representative of... Clay inherited his seat in St. Louis.
1: I, and what like Nancy Pelosi trying to do.
0: She's going to try to give it to her daughter, Christine. So there really are no surprises here. This is how it's always been done until it isn't that way it's always been done. And that eventually it will yeah. change. That's what you hope for.
1: Well, I look at it like, do you remember the little bird thing that would go, and it would gradually get like, felt like from the water, like yes, eventually, the water. Yay, that, yeah, that, yeah, right, that, that, <laughs> right. Like that, that, eventually, that. it's gonna tip because it enough is. people will get in, whether it's on their second try or their first, whatever. And this
0: is a this is a bad area that she's trying to re- represent. I mean, it's Newark, right? It's, it's basically, now it's basically, uh, it's by it's Seton Hall, so it's like it's Irvington, it's you know East Orange, it's all of these extremely plighted, heavily urban areas that are, of course, gerrymandered. And of course, the black community has been horrifically suppressed in this part of the country, as they are in many places. But again, as we've said, this is not something that you can just point the finger at the GOP and say, this is your fault. It isn't. This is the Democratic Party. And when they come out, they go finger wagging about how oh, you know, it's all the GOP's fault that we're losing Roe v. Wade. It's all the GOP's fault that we've got these low nut crazy people going out with guns. You know, I have said time and again that the reason why you are awesome, my friend. Osiris. Hi, Osiris. Absolutely. Great guy. Tremendous person. I really like this Osiris. He's really great. So really great guy. Tremendous person. Osiris, he's making America really great. So... Bedminster, New Jersey, which is not far from her district, is one of the wealthiest suburbs in New Jersey. And it happens to be where former President Trump has his favorite golf course. So when we talk about all of these, you know, gross, these disgusting problems that exist, this isn't a one party versus other party issue. This is corporate versus non-corporate. And I will say this, this is also, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up tonight. You know, it looks like it looks like tomorrow we may very well get not one, but two huge victories in the state of Pennsylvania. Summer Lee is in a really good spot to win Pennsylvania's 12th congressional district. That would be huge. But the bigger one is John Fetterman right now is tracking to win the primary in the, De- on, the Dem- on the Democratic side And with the way things are going right now in the state of Pennsylvania, when you consider this political civil war, if you will, that's going on in the GOP, whether it is with uh, potentially uh, Dr. Oz or Representative Burnett, uh, I got to tell you, I, I really do think that as much as it looks like the GOP is definitely taking the House in the midterms, if if they're able to flip a Senate seat, uh, with, with it being Fetterman, I think that the the Democrats might actually dodge a bullet in the midterms. As crazy as it is to say, uh, but that's what happens when you have a non corporate populace. And listen, Fetterman is not perfect. He doesn't support a ban on fracking. Maybe that's just political gamesmanship because he is literally dominating Pennsylvania. Because that's what it is. You have Pittsburgh to the west. Philly to the east, and Pennsylvania in the middle. And outside of the major cities, this is like Bernie 2016 all over again. He is dominating everywhere else, and I mean everywhere else. So right now, it looks like, it looks like Fetterman is going to win, and that's gonna be huge, because it's interesting to see the corporate dens, the K-Hives, if you will. Of course, we know the K-Hive is the worst, uh, The way that they try to smear Fennerman, the way that they try to, when the shoe's on the other foot, it's very interesting to see how they try to explain away how their prized candidate, Connor Lamb, is not doing so well. You know, the guy who basically is a Republican who happened to win a congressional seat in the 2018 blue wave.
1: Is he related to Wally Lamb? I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. He's a good author. Hmm. That's the only thing I know about that.
0: But what I will tell you, yeah. So Fetterman happened to also suffer a stroke. Now, was it a serious stroke? No, it was actually a minor stroke. And he did a video live with his wife from the hospital the other day. He's not, you know, he seems functionally well. Um, At this point of the election, uh, there really isn't much that can be done, even though you know that the corporate machine would have loved to have circled the wagons and say Fetterman's got to get out of the race they tried to do it with Bernie when he had his heart attack they're trying to do this now at the last minute but it's not going to be easy for the corporate machine to be explaining away John Fetterman and the beautiful thing about it is that Fetterman really has done this completely on his own because the corporate establishment in both major cities have gone to great lengths to try to push connor lamb to the front and it's not working in fact it's not only not working they are i would rather not use that one can we use this one i don't know i just do you prefer that
1: i just prefer having it regularly there and not having to search for it like all, right. all right well. you were pontificating about connor lamb
0: yeah i think he's uh again he's a corporate owned representative but what I found so interesting is that people were commenting on this thread and talking about the fact that Conor Lamb takes corporate special interest money. And so then somebody brought up the fact that Fetterman received $200,000. This is in a U.S. Senate race in Pennsylvania, mind you. $200,000 is money you can't even see, really, to be honest, if you're trying to win anyway. Uh, but that apparently a crypto company gave him $200,000. And so, not that I am justifying crypto, but let's be honest, this is not, you're comparing apples to oranges here. You know, when Fetterman, if he was taking money hand over fist from the fossil fuel industry or big pharma or the military industrial complex, you know, then you would have something to talk about. Conor Lamb is flushed with all of that money. And somebody actually brought up, well, what if you took money from Ben and Jerry's? Yeah, they actually use Ben and Jerry's as an example. Well,
1: then it's good because Ben and Jerry's support labor workers, living wage and all sorts of things like health care.
0: But they're trying to taking money from the fossil fuel industry to taking money from. Benefits. Right. Well,
1: this is the thing is that nuance and context are dead. And this is going to also like when I talk about the idea of having the anti corporate pack. That's the whole point. It's like, yeah, there is there's some wealthy people that actually still believe in democracy and believe that, you know, women should have bodily autonomy. And, you know, maybe there's some people that that's important enough to them that they don't want and they don't want corporate whores representing them just because they have money. So I believe that, yes, there is definitely a difference between taking money from a Ben and Jerry pack or whatever, you know, their corporate thing was versus taking money from an industry that's hurting us. Yeah, there's a very big difference between those things. And if
0: that's not enough, you know, when you think about what we saw in Cleveland and what APAC and the uh, – what's the, what's the other – um, the, uh,
1: Democratic uh, Pact for Israel or Democratic yeah, Israel some, Pact? Yeah, it's something, something like Democratic Israel Pact or something
0: yeah. like that. Uh, The fact that they have poured several million into this race against Summer Lee to basically paint another black woman as an anti-Semite and the Democratic establishment is perfectly fine with this. When I try to explain to people that this is where anti-Semitism comes from it comes from things like this. It's true.
1: Why haven't we had her on the show?
0: I've tried, but she never responded to okay. us. Okay.
1: We are small potatoes. But you know what? What I do know is that I think that- Still one- supportive. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying it like that. Just in terms of, like, I'm so thankful for the people that do come on. And there are people like Imani. Like, I know that even if she wins, she'll still come on our show.
0: Jasmine Crockett will love to come on as soon as she wins her primary. Oh, and There's she's, another one. And she's going to win.
1: Uh, There's another one. There are people that, and you know what? That will speak volumes. I'll actually, for me, that's sort of something I'll keep in mind. Like, as we've been doing this, as people start to kind of break through and win, will those people help pull others along? Will those people reach back and bring people with them? And that's a huge, that's a huge thing for me. Yeah,
0: it is. And again, we can talk, uh, you know, all the time about how, you know, AOC has been a letdown in some ways. And unfortunately, the people who get way too caught up in the life, uh, that's a big problem. Now, it can go. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank that's, you, Blue Bandit. That's good. That's Appreciate sweet. that, man. Uh, but what I will say, and, and this is a, this is very important to remember, is that that doesn't mean that AOC is a bad person. And there are people who try to equate that. And like you said, there's no nuance anymore.
1: No. It's no, it's all or nothing.
0: Well, there she is. She's I know. Like it. Good to have you back. This is our mascot, so if this you want to become,
1: and you, I have updated our page recently, so now it's it's if you, yeah,
0: we're going to be talking about that soon. This is very important. If you like our content, please support it because this lovely little lady is. What did you um,
1: stick your snout in?
0: Something smelly.
1: Yeah, she's got stinky face.
0: But she's still cute face. Oh God, she's so cute. Yes. Yeah, we can't we can't possibly survive without your support. So please make it worth our while and contribute if you can.
1: Yeah. Five dollars a month. people.
0: I also think that Morgan Harper in Ohio is a great candidate, even though she didn't get very far in her Senate race. But you know what? If she ends up running for, let's say, mayor of Columbus next time around, I think she'll have an excellent chance of winning. Because, again, when there's great candidates, you just know. You can sense it. You can feel it. You know, when somebody has a command of what's going on, um, you know, but unfortunately, there there are a lot of obstacles. And, you know, when the squad in particular doesn't really do anything to lift up any of these candidates. And I will say this. They have, you know, they, they've endorsed Summerlee. Um, they are trying to help her get in. Um but, you know, they're, they're very much about picking their spots and only getting involved in non-incumbent primaries. That, see, and to me, that's. You can't, and in the Democratic Party, it's so much worse. Much. It's much worse than the Democratic Party because in the GOP, there's a lot more turnover. Now, granted, most of the time, the GOP turnover just involves them going into the private sector and making even more money. Uh,
1: All it says to me is that they're concerned about reprisal. More than they're concerned about standing up for what's right in the moment. Then why are you there? Well, I'm just like to me when any, when these candidates look at somebody like Nina. And they don't see how it would benefit our whole movement to have her in there as a co-worker than Chantel Brown, let's say. And they don't fight like hell to have that happen because they're more scared that if it doesn't, then they, one, have to work with Chantel Brown. And then, two, they're going to be like ostracized from the establishment for doing that.
0: Now, there is a big difference between AOC and Chantel Brown. Chantel Brown, like AOC, loves the life. But she is not an asset no, to working people. No. She is simply in it for herself and her career. Hence why she's still the chair of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party, which is not legal. And any of the. Well, according to Democratic rules, it's yeah. against
1: their bylaws. It's not criminal activity, but there's there's allegations of all sorts of criminal stuff against her. Sure. Um, but that's not one of them. That's a that's a Democrat. I guess
0: I'm, I'm I guess I'm aiming on a low hanging fruit there. That's probably higher. Well, I know there's a course.
1: lot of other things besides that. That's just and I just want to clarify. We're not claiming that that is an illegal activity, but it is a violation of the bylaws or whatever you call it. Well,
0: listen, if you're willing to bend the rules already, God knows what you're willing to do once you have a lot of money at your disposal. Um Whores are going to whore people. That's what ends up happening. That's why a lot of people want to be on committees, because it is a career. And when you're on certain committees, you can get certain money allocated to where you, you know, your district. And again, it's fiefdom. It's power. But part of
1: being part of the fight and the movement overall is that maybe, maybe by you doing that and helping get someone in, maybe you don't get to get that committee assignment.
0: And maybe that's one of the reasons why people were. Maybe you have to face
1: a primary challenger. Sure.
0: Well, listen, I mean, that was the thing about twenty eighteen that was just so interesting because of how many people got hoodwinked. Uh, nobody did it better than Kristen Cinema, but there's a lot of them out there that will say one thing and then once they're elected will do something completely different. And you have to be honest about Obama. that. Well, sure. He's Oh, and by the way, <laughs> speaking of saint obama because that's that's you know, a good that's a good, like, call, that's a good way to just, just like they called him saint reagan we should start calling him saint, saint obama, obama <laughs> because he's the way that normie democrats treat barack obama is the way normie republicans treat ronald reagan there is no difference they are the exact they are fawned over in the exact same way their shit don't stink you can never speak ill of them they literally have been sainted if you will uh they should put them on a candle, kind of like Susan Sarandon. But Susan Sarandon really is that. Oh, no, she really is. Barack Obama
1: is uh, a false prophet. Susan Sarandon's a real prophet. Thank you, Raina. In fact. Uh, uh, I agree. And he can
0: tell you, no, nobody loves potatoes like me. All kinds. Slice them nice and thin. I like them Olive always. Oil, uh, what I really like, since we're going to talk about potatoes, um, if, if you're talking about the way I would prepare potatoes, I would slice them thin I would cover them with some olive oil, maybe some thyme and rosemary and salt, pop it in the oven at 450, fry them up like French fries, pop them out. You got yourself one. Yeah,
1: answer. I have them in every possible way. All different kinds of potatoes. I don't like steak fries. I like all fries.
0: Steak fries, not, not good.
1: I like I eat crappy fries, fries are fries. I
0: but mean, I like appreciate like that good, good fries, fries like that much
1: more than bad fries, but also, it's like pizza.
0: Any pizza is not good. That's not true.
1: Yeah. I don't agree. No, you, you once said to me, it's like cold pizza. It's still pizza.
0: Yeah. But that's, I, I don't eat cold pizza. I, if I, and again, if I I'm gonna, and if I'm going <laughs> to eat pizza, I'm going to eat good pizza. And in fact, great pizza. And maybe that was something that we should have asked Amati when she was on. What is her favorite pizza place in North Jersey? Cause you know, North Jersey, I got a really So own, like, I was going to talk
1: to you about what I did on Patreon. Oh, Cause I think good. I changed things up a little bit. So Um, we are going to start doing something like at least monthly that's exclusive for just Patreon. That's sort of like an incentive. And I think we should bring back the Zoom members meeting and try it again and see if people would be interested in coming on. Well, if we have a special
0: guest, I think that that would definitely entice people.
1: Well, yes, but then if we have a special guest, we want to be a show. Well, that was the dilemma in the first place is that we'd want it to be a
0: show. We could have an exclusive part where that is with the, you know, the guests and then perhaps have a segment that's on the camp that's on the channel. this is you making things harder for me i'm just think, yeah well you know so bye. guys
1: so guys if you put up the patreon thing we really would love subscribe i mean i know it's not it's not like we're you know really out there like churning out episode after episode after episode but we do live twice a week we do long-form interviews. We usually have a long interview and, I, and just things didn't happen tonight. Sometimes, especially with people in politics, they get called away to do things and deal with things. So That's it happens.
0: Well, we, have, uh, we have things going on in our lives that we have to take care of and those things are important. So with that said, But I'm going to just... tell
1: them the new, the new thing. I'm going to tell you guys the new benefits
0: and no, what it is. That's what I'm
1: trying to tell you. New benefits. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you what it is. Hold on. Edit benefits?
0: Okay. I don't know.
1: Okay, so this is what we're trying to do. We'd love to get... Here we go.
0: Ah. Uh, well, Wait,
1: did I do this? Yes. Okay, so you this is it. fixed. This is gone, by the way. This doesn't exist anymore. Yes. So if you want to say, these are the new things that we're doing and what the cost is. So you, you see what I'm saying? I did it yesterday.
0: Yes. And then that one's down there. Oh, okay? I like it. Okay. Your three favorite people. Yeah. Hitchens, Frida, Marshall.
1: Yeah. So guys, tell say our levels.
0: So if you want to become a patron, it would be wonderful if for your reason is $5 a month. Shout out on our live stream, access to exclusive Patreon content, and access to members-only monthly Zoom meetings. Which I
1: am reenacting.
0: We will decide when that makes the most sense based yeah. on what you guys Actually, we'll
1: put part out part. a poll because now I know I can do that too.
0: I'll put out a poll and I'll find out. I'll get a suggestion and we'll do that. If you have passion for what we do, $10 a month, like... Frida.
1: They don't see the picture, but it's Frida. Know, if you look on our Patreon page, This $10 Frida.
0: Shout out on our live stream. Generational Change Lulu sticker, access to exclusive Patreon content and access to members only monthly Zoom meeting. Maybe to spice it up a little bit. Maybe add a little something extra. We'll Let's see. Keep going. And then finally, if you believe in justice as much as we do, would like Former Justice Marshall. Shout out on our live stream. Generational Change Lulu sticker, generational change baseball jersey. Uh, Which you see us wearing. Yes, you've seen us wear it. It's the, well, if you want a purple one, you know, you can get one of those too, the GenCore shirt. Do we have that? I think we have a few more. Got a few more. We'll get rid of them. Uh, Access to exclusive Patreon content and access to the members only monthly Zoom meetings. So. That is what you will get if you want to become a part of our show in a more robust way. Again,
1: and we'll the, come up with some fun stuff to do for additional content. I'm gonna like come up with projects, yeah. We'll come perks. up with fun things to do that's extra content for Patreons, like
0: where you know, and we put our money where our mouth is. For example, you know, really like local candidate John Moreno Escobar, who's running for Broward County School Board. Uh, there is a clip of the interview that we did with him that's up on our channel right now. You know, definitely check it out. Uh, could you check out real quick the person who just donated $100 million to the Obama Library Foundation? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that one. I think that's important. Uh, yeah, I think that for what we do, you know, we are small but mighty. And I think that we do a lot of important things. Uh, yeah, check on the news. Okay, so the one thing we can tell you about Airbnb is that it's really catered towards... People with money, people with needs.
1: I really like the one I just stayed in. The race in New York. I oh, was true, actually, no, right? this is one of the nicest ones I've stayed in. And I've stayed in them all over places, other countries. I, this one was
0: really nice. The CEO of Airbnb just gave $100 million, Yeah, that's right. $100 million to former President St. Obama's foundation. Well, I'm uh, sure that money is going to go exactly where it needs well, to go. Well, here's
1: the thing. I, I am willing to give him the benefit of doubt before I put him in Clinton Foundation land. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't I don't find, I don't think he's nefarious. You, I guy. just think he's complacent.
0: Uh, yeah, I would definitely say, well, again, another we started doing smart.
1: them. We did a couple. And when we first started doing this, we did a couple of members only meetings and nobody came but us. And so we ended up just do, using them as like staff meetings for the podcast.
0: Come on, Blue, you can do $5 a month. You can do 5. I know you could do 5, it's not too expensive.
1: Or at least at a minimum get other people to. Yes, that would be forward us. You know what I'm saying? Share yes. with friends and family. Like for people when you say this is good, say, "Yeah, I'm going to share this information." It's free for people to subscribe on YouTube. You know, it's not a hard thing to do. What do we have coming up?
0: No plans set forth, but we do have uh, a number of guests that we are, you know, having in the pipeline. I'm going to start circling back with some past guests. Is anybody we've had on before you'd like to see again? I think we're going to try to get Matt Seidel to come back on the podcast. I like to get more of those wrestlers because right now, as the labor movement continues to grow, unionizing wrestlers would definitely be a good thing. I know that Vince McMahon would, you know, throw a hissy for We should matter. do
1: like a labor thing and see if we can get Jason Smith to come on too. We could do like a labor. Discussion
0: panel. Yeah, no. Max Alvarez is coming back. We haven't scheduled it yet, but we're going to do that. I like um, him too.
1: Well, he for that's sort of like having Jordan on it. You know, it's like having journalists coming
0: on and reporting things. Yeah, in fact, we could have. Uh, you know, we could also have Harvey K come back on and as part of like a labor panel discussion. Um, you know, I think those kinds of things are very important because again, we're trying to evolve that movement. Of course, we'd love to have Chris Smalls come back on again. Um, he's obviously very busy right now. You know uh, who
1: I would like to have on right now is that kid who was organizing the Starbucks in, uh, Hialeah. I tried to get him and I haven't heard back. okay. So you did reach yeah, out. Maybe I'd should. love to have him call. Just do it as me. What does it matter? Huh? Use our email and say, it's me. Huh? That's a case where I give you permission to say it's me. Not like
0: you. Oh, ah, well, we, we love you, Blue. Thank you. So- yeah. See?
1: Oh, yes, you are. Um, the... Uh, I lost my train
0: of time. Obviously wasn't that important. I, I I will just say this and I think we can close here. Um, what happened in Buffalo was absolutely terrible yeah. and what happened in Southern California is equally as terrible. And of course that one's not going to get anywhere near the attention because unfortunately there's a lot of um there's a, listen. There's a lot of racial elements in terms of how the news is covered. Uh, somebody went in with, uh, and this was, this is an even more amazing story, is that um, the very next day after the shooting at the supermarket in Buffalo by this white nationalist, uh, you had somebody who hasn't even been identified yet. Um, unfortunately, that probably means the person who did it isn't white, but decided to go into a Taiwanese church in South Orange County, California, and just started blasting away at people at their church service yesterday. Uh, there is a real tale of heroism here because uh, the church members were actually able to subdue the gunmen in hog time, which I thought was uh, pretty amazing. I think he only—I uh, think he only killed one; um, may may have gotten two. Uh, a handful are in critical condition, but should survive. Um, It's again. um, I I, am
1: not going to feel guilty sharing anything that happened on my birthday while I was being an ignorant. I was like ignorantly blissful
0: over the weekend. No, but I think it's just important to address this because we have a really big problem in this country, identifying where a lot of these problems are. We have a problem with guns. We do have a problem with mental health. We have a problem with a lot of things. But what we have a very big problem with that I still think brings a lot of this together is we have as much economic anxiety now as probably has been felt since the Great Depression. And when that happens, people are going to do pretty horrific things in a country of 300 plus million people. You're going to have a few psychos go psycho. And that's what's going to happen. And racially motivated crimes will happen. People will always say. It's somebody else's fault. It's the blacks fault, it's the Mexicans fault, it's the Asians fault, this is why you can't get ahead. And then you have other people who will constantly tell you how terrible you are based on the color of your skin and that can go all ways, not just one. And that to me has a lot to do with where people reach their breaking point and they just don't care anymore. And I think that that plays a significant role. And corporate media has a lot to do with this oh they love this stuff yeah they love it And this ain't just tucker carlson baby because he's got a hand in this pretty deep so do a lot of other people
1: oh i just mean even they just the media lives for stuff like this just like debbie lives for stuff like challenges to roe v wade it's such a good opportunity for them if it bleeds it leads it does they they love this but um the the problem is is then people start wanting to create policy out of Fear. Profit or and fear. fear. Profit and fear starts to sort of come into play now when you start. Good to then, see you,
0: Chris. Thanks for coming on board.
1: And then you get legislation that is born out of not reason. And that's that's the problem that we continually see in this country. And you see reactions to things and there needs to be a reaction to this. Now, you know, whether or not this particular store had like no cameras, no security. And this guy could have just gone anywhere. I mean, it has to be investigated. Like what happened in this instance, but just in general, we're, we're just so, we're so a sea. we really are people. We're like, just, and I just think we're going to see it more and more. I think we are a very violent country. We are yeah. very, and you, you you're seeing a lot of like extremism and authoritarianism from our government and just people feeling oppressed and repressed. And I just, I don't know. I think it's like like, you know, like if you turn the pot on with the frogs and they sit there until they die, some maybe some of the frogs are jumping out. You know what I'm saying? It's
0: too hot at the beginning, but most won't. And again, um, this is one of the reasons why we are big fans of Vosh. We are big fans of the amazing atheists. Um, You know, we've had the Cabernacle, uh, obviously Mike Figueredo, good friend of the show, ABC3. Um, These are gamers. And they are, in, they are very well aware of the dark web and they communicate with where a lot of these people are kind of born into these monsters. Yeah. yeah. People want escapism. And when they get on Reddit threads, when they get on gaming threads and they talk about the things that they want to do, there has to be voice of reason that is telling them that this isn't the answer. I'm going to show you what the actual problems are and what the solutions can be, not just uh you know, get away from this. This isn't the solution. Yeah. You know, not just saying, oh, no, don't pull the gun. Don't pull the gun. Yeah, obviously. But why shouldn't he pull the gun? Because we don't have a living wage. We don't have universal health care. We now have started a war, another effing freaking war in Somalia.
1: I think the key thing about people like Vosh with his audiences and forget individual policies and how he stands on this and how he stands on that, it's neither here nor there. He, he, his message is you don't kick down. Correct. His message is you don't kick down. And that just across the board. And that's, to me, that's what I look for in people because when he says that message, he is the person who's saying, yeah, uh, it's not the immigrants that are coming here that is the problem for you financially. That's not the
0: cause of your woes. And to Caveman's point, uh, the I guess it's the, the account is called the quartering uh, I mean, Vosh had it out with this guy the other day. He started trending all over social media because he was trying to project what he was like trying to suggest that the guy who shot up the black supermarket in Buffalo was a leftist. He actually tried to suggest no, he was so. a leftist. And Vosh is like, I ain't having this shit. No. He's like, I ain't having this. And he just literally, he went through the guy's manifesto. And apparently there's something in the neo-Nazi world where the number 14 has some type of uh, third right symbolism of some kind. I don't know what the exact, yeah. Yeah, Caveman, I, I, the, the quivering, uh, or the, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen the thread, go and check it out. I, I mean, Listen. There are a lot of things that you can say about what motivated this particular person, but racial hatred absolutely played a huge role in why he did this. Oh, yeah. And to suggest otherwise is just being woefully blind and ignorant. And is because this is all a game. And of course, yeah. yeah. So when... Candace Owens, who of course is the ultimate political opportunist, oh is going to talk about, you know, yeah, what happened in Buffalo is terrible, but she also wants to bring it back to the mass killing that uh, that the, 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 the that the black man did with his with his car during Christmas, and he ran over a bunch of white people, and that is a hate crime as well. And granted, media is not going to cover it the same way. But why do you think it's covered the way that it's covered? It's covered this way because as long as we're arguing about this stuff and not talking about a living wage, not talking about Medicare for all, not talking about redlining, we are not talking about endless war. We are not talking about the fact that the president has the authority to implement the Defense Production Act and not just deal with the baby formula shortage, which is absolutely crazy but also deal with the fact that we need a clean energy grid and can start building it out right now. Universally speaking, people agree with this. This isn't a dividing issue. These these are uniting issues. This is what brings people together. And that is not something that the people in charge can have because they don't have any way to defend their nefarious shit. How about the fact that TD Bank just got caught doing the same bullshit that Wells Fargo was doing? Starting... Fake accounts and charging people countless amounts of money, and there is nothing that's going to happen to them. They are not going to be penalized. And why aren't they going to be penalized, Jen? Please tell the audience why TD Bank will not suffer any consequences for what they did.
2: Because
1: they own everything. I don't know anything in particular about this bank, but in general, there's never repercussions for when that happens. The money only, when money gets siphoned from bottom to top, It is not a crime when it gets from top to bottom. It's like, you know, robbery, burglary, and those people get a lot of time. That's what I know.
0: And Paul, it's easy to have a Nazi ideology when everything is going to hell. People try to understand why.
1: Fascism is, I've been saying this since 2016, you're seeing a populist uprising. You can either have it on the left or you're gonna get it on the right. So it's sort of like hmm, socialism, fascism. And one of those things is going to win out because that's just what's going to happen because we're seeing it all over the world. It's not just here. So you're seeing
0: excellent, excellent point by Guy, of course.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's where the accountability should be right there. You know, but then again, I think we should be providing people with like dorms and stuff until they can get on their feet and getting people like set up and sending them up through the process. You
0: mean the fact that we have open spaces in so many buildings everywhere that could actually deal with this right now? I mean, mean that,
1: that- I mean that it, to me, to me, it is unacceptable to incarcerate people who come here even though they're not documented and i hate the term illegal humans are not illegal they're just not that's ridiculous when somebody uses the term illegal alien it's like are who are you talking about yeah i'd rather have and i'd rather have literal aliens from out of space come here than i would prefer those people to the people that refer to immigrants as illegal aliens maybe that's
0: why aliens don't come to earth unless of course they're actually uh, like they live they, in the uh, we they wouldn't
1: want to come here we offer them nothing so like to me uh, incarcerating people who are just seeking a better life is shameful. And that's something that, sort of like how I feel like um, American descendants of slaves are owed reparations. I feel like you are now creating an entire generation of people whose ancestors are gonna be owed, are gonna be owed reparations for how you're treating them. And I just, it, that you're, it's just disgusting to me. That's what I think.
0: And it's really no different um when trying to explain to people uh how two plus two equals four or even one plus one equals two so when somebody like the donald is telling people that it's totally the mexicans fault that's why you don't have anything okay uh corporations are hiring non-citizens to work for slave wages because they don't want to pay a living wage and because there is no labor laws worth mentioning in our country anymore able to get away with it.
1: See, now I'd rather those same people come from Mexico and give them a living wage and then give them a place to live
0: and healthcare. You know,
1: that's, that's just me.
0: The biggest problem with Tucker Carlson is that he does have great takes and then he has horrifically bad takes. So trying to balance those two things is a very tough thing to do and remember, and Osiris knows this, race is a weapon. It's not used to help people. Look at Amani Oakley's district in North Jersey. Look at Nina Turner's district in Cleveland. It's yeah, terrible. Everything is about how can we screw people hard as long as it benefits us? That's the goal. It's always been the goal. And to me, this is why, and what's interesting about, you know our chat has really picked up in the last 15 minutes. Good. We have a mixture of everybody. We have people who are in the middle, on the right, and all the I way. I do the like left. that,
1: guys. I do like that because I think that people appreciate when you're having a reasonable discussion. I just and yeah, I can I can see where I'd be a little hippy dippy and decriminalize
0: all drugs. Like this is just this is ridiculous at this people, point. People,
1: people, drugs is a is a medical problem, and health problem not a criminal problem
0: and this is where and and what is great is that progressives and libertarians in particular are very united on civil liberties No one should be going to prison for drugs no one now if That's you awesome sorry keep going no go if ahead. you are especially the fact that if you are a cannabis user, the fact that this is like, the fact that our current president is worse, worse on this issue than Trump was. That's bad. People. That's bad. Like really freaking bad. But it's
1: authoritarian either way. That was what I was like talking about with like, you're getting an uprising. You're getting authoritarianism. So, you know, it's just, it, it's just people just don't see that it's happening on both of our parties.
0: Like it's the same thing. They work for the same people. They all work for the same people. Matt, that is absolutely awesome. Yeah. We need to see more of that. And again. I um, can
1: share my experience about the Astor Club.
0: I think that would be a good place to coast. Caveman, I will say this, and this is, this is what I'll say about Tucker Carlson. Um, Anti-war. He is somebody who, for the past several years, has been saying, I was wrong about the Iraq war. And I can't apologize enough for it. And if you pay attention to not just what Tuck, you see, this is where Tucker does deserve credit. OK, by
1: the way, can I disclaimer? Caveman, he does not speak for me on this. I don't watch
0: Tucker. So he speaks for himself. Only I only really on see clips. I don't actually watch. OK, because I don't. Uh, but, but my point is this. Uh, whether it is Biden in the White House, which is easy because it's the opposite end, or when Trump was in the White House all four years, Tucker was vehemently anti-war. And in many ways, people credit Tucker as being the reason why Trump didn't start a war in Syria. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things people will say about how much influence Tucker actually has. He has a lot. Trump didn't start wars. No, he didn't. But what I'm saying is, is that when he bombed Syria that one night and, you know, Brian Williams literally Uh, ejaculated uh, over it. um, it, I, I believe that... If it's true that Tucker had a hand in that, then that's a big deal. Now, when he's out there saying white replacement theory, what do you think is gonna happen? There's gonna be somebody who's gonna hear this and they're gonna think, I gotta stop this. I gotta stop this from happening. I've got an AR-15 rifle. I can go out and I can blast away at people. Did he say,
1: I mean, okay, so what you're saying is he's sort of on the hook for provoking this guy with the manifesto. Does this guy's manifesto actually reference Tucker Carlson? He did not
0: reference Tucker. He did not,
1: but... I'm not saying that that's a be-all, end-all, but that definitely would. But even still, I think that... um,
0: And this is where Osiris is absolutely correct. Chris Smalls not only went on Tucker, and Tucker, to his credit... He initially had an interview where he was trying to bait Chris into bashing AOC, but that's all he did. He didn't spend the interview, much like the guys at CNBC, particularly Jim Cramer, who can seriously go f himself as far as I'm concerned, uh, telling people, you know what, Chris? You know what Jim Cramer actually said recently that Jeff Bezos should shut down the Amazon warehouse, Uh, shut it down. You know, you're going to unionize. Just let that. him be
1: cake. Let let me cake. People. Can I say something about Christian Smalls? Yeah. Okay. So everybody, including like apparently the White House people that have met with him and spoken to him, I feel like they go into meeting with him thinking that eh, they'll just be able to do what they want, say what they want. He'll go on. You people are very poor judge of character because I got to tell you, when we first had him on this show, I knew that he would be successful. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what that looked like. And when we had him on was after he was laid off. And was dealing with the reprisal of reporting them during COVID. This was before he started the unionizing there, um, and I just knew the first time we talked to him, this guy's going to get some things done. Period. Yeah,
0: he's got that. Fire. And he
1: and he he is not going to be manhandled by any of these talking heads. Whatsoever, so I just I I think it's interesting that somebody like Tucker probably thought I could get him to hate on AOC for a little bit. I could get some good clips on that, whatever, and he wasn't having it.
0: And and that Chris is is the point. And you have to give Tucker credit because he let Chris say what needed to be said. He could have cut him off, and he could have told him he was wrong. And at the end of the interview. Tucker actually said, "Look, I'm not in favor of unions, but you know what? The balance in favor of management is way too top heavy at this point, and maybe we do need some labor power increased in this country." If Tucker Carlson can say that, but MSNBC and CNN can't I agree say with that on this actually. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I agree,
1: yeah. Guy. I, he, he's going to need to kind of follow up on that before I would say it's some sort of genuine thing and not just trying to get clicks on having him talk crap about AOC, because I could see it going
0: either way. And that to me, I think speaks more to the issue of Tucker Carlson than anything else. Cause as I said, I think Tucker doesn't have good takes. I think he has great takes and that is the conundrum that one is faced with when he, and again, you can make the argument that he is completely absent minded and he comes from, as you have said many times before, I mean, you want to talk about privilege. I mean, this guy comes from privilege that you can't even begin to fathom. It's so gross. And so he's he's part of the, what is it, the Swanson fortune? I just yeah, I don't think I that's that's just what he's part. Don't. Of. It's great. And so where Tucker comes up short, way short. Uh because Tucker, Chris, because Tucker on his show had mentioned the great replacement uh, theory and the whole idea behind the great replacement theory is this idea of open borders and continuing to change the demographic and putting the idea in people's mind that white people are going away. And so as a result of that, you will you will radicalize people into violence.
1: Jews and will not replace us. Jews will not replace that's
0: us. That's what they said in Charlottesville.
1: Right. That, and that is the kind of message that is being used by people to control masses. And people fall for that because they do historically. You could see that. And that's what happens.
0: It's almost like Tucker has to have a conversation with um, uh, God, what's the? Uh, Fox News, the guy... No, who's the head of News Corp? Um, you have, uh, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, it's like he's got to have a conversation with Rupert Murdoch every once in a while to remind him that I'm totally on your side, but every once in a while i got to do my thing. Jerry Hall's so. fallen
2: very, very far.
0: Yeah. Well, so,
1: be. guys, a very cool thing happened for me this weekend. We're going to end on a high note, literally high note. And, um... So I was in New York and Friday I went to this place. It's called the Astor Club, New York, and it's a private club. It's a cannabis lounge. It's been there since 2017, even before weed was legal. And so it's like kind of secret. And well, I'm not saying where it is, but like you, 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 you get vetted for it. And it's just it was really cool. And the people pay money to be members there because it's really cool. And they let some people when you're in from out of town, come, there was a minimum, it was a $60 minimum, um, cash, easy, and they had the best product apparently in the city. So um, (laughs) this I learned, and I met some really cool people there. And he's like, take some pictures. I'm like, you know, there's a privacy thing here. That's one of the things about the Astor Club. It's very, very private. Um, So we did have a selfie of me and I did get a picture of the sign. There's like this classic Astor Club sign with the red
0: curtains. So, well, that'll be our Wednesday post.
1: it was way we fun, people. It was it was it was really really good. You know why it's called Astor, right?
0: Well, that's the rich family there. Yeah. Well, the Aster is basically one of the richest families, old money families in all of New York. Uh, there's old money. There's old money people that go to this club. Let oh, me tell sure. you, it's uh,
1: this club the, the variety, the diversity of people, socioeconomically, ethnically, every which way. But I will say this: we have a lot. We have a shortage of women in the cannabis world. And uh, the whole time I was there, there were only like a couple other women, and the rest of it is all guys, just kind of pothead guys, and again, all ethnic groups. And the thing about them is, you're, you, you know, even as a woman being alone in a room with like a whole bunch of men, these are guys you're safe with. For the most part, they're not that motivated. You know, they're sitting around, they're getting high, they're
0: they're they're doing their thing. It's a very mellow group. Chris, thank you so much. It really means a lot, and it obviously helps our show. Uh, Look,
1: thank you so much. No, it's great. And actually all the money from here goes to our nonprofit right now.
0: And did did Reese go there with you?
1: Yeah. Oh no. He came in late that night, but then he and his friend went out and then, and now Reese is sick. Okay. Anyway, but no, he didn't, but I would have loved him to be there because one of the coolest people I met was this woman who was there with her adult son and she was like my age and it was just, they were just really, it was nice. I was very pleased, very professional, very clean,
0: very – it was chill. It was a dream. Chris, thank you so much for your support. (laughs) Uh, You know, Glenn Greenwald obviously has written some really amazing stuff. Don't always agree with his takes, but –
1: He's gone a little off, though, lately, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, unfortunately, it's – I think he's just –
1: No, my son didn't go there with me, guy. He, I would have brought him though. I would have, but my son's not. And if you knew, every child is different, and every child should be treated accordingly. My son is twenty-one. He is motivated beyond belief. Like I can't tell you. Like this kid would not allow for a B. It didn't get it. He didn't get it from us. He just went through finals and was practicing. He plays classical piano and was doing five hours a day practicing for like the past two weeks straight. Amazing. And yeah. And the kids, his judgment is impeccable. And if he wants to partake in cannabis, that's cool. He's not really that into it, but yeah, if he could have come, I would have dug that. And I do like, actually, he's also really kind of fun when he's a little drunk, a little toasty. I do kind of like drunk Reese loosens him up a bit. He's very wound tight. Um, so yes, I would bring him there, but his bus didn't get in until after closing hours
0: where I disagree with Glenn, Matt, is um, I think sometimes his takes are um, a little too uh, I wouldn't call it because, again, I don't don't believe in the whole horseshoe theory crap. I think that that's completely overrated. Um, I do think that there are times where uh, all corners of the political spectrum have the right takes, but something as simple as him getting into a stupid Twitter argument with our good friend, Jordan Cheriton, it's like What is the point? There is no point. And if you guys really have to have a conversation, like if there's really a disagreement, if you will, have it in private. Why do people feel the need to have these (laughs) stupid arguments?
1: I feel like that about even in the chat stuff. Like when we have people that are personal people to us or people that are colleagues and they put shit in the chat and then say, oh, well, it's constructive criticism. No, constructive criticism is you call me if you're somebody that has my phone number, which We've had that. You call me, you text me, say, Hey, here's a suggestion. Or here's this. You, some amount of loyalty and solidarity is kind of nice. I'm not saying constructive criticism isn't good, but when you do it publicly, it's not to be constructive. It's to shame
0: somebody. Yeah. Unfortunately people have that habit, but that's the
1: truth. If if, If it was to be constructive, you wouldn't need to say it in front of other people. That's your desire to shame somebody.
0: Go Summer Lee, go John Fetterman.
1: We have nothing on Wednesday as of now.
0: Go Alexandra Hunt, uh, Yeah, Philadelphia. Who else uh, is tomorrow? Pennsylvania's tomorrow. Um, Not Georgia. No. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is tomorrow. Um, Guys, help us out. Is there anybody else that goes tomorrow besides Pennsylvania? I don't think they're – oh, Jessica Cisneros. Okay, so you've got – Go, Jessica Cisneros. We're definitely pulling for her. Um, And, of course, obviously our good friend Jasmine Crockett, who is – going to be a new, is going to be a congresswoman so
1: yeah that's a very plus blue right her district like it's a right and she's yeah. definitely pull i mean look she it doesn't hurt that and and but what's special about her is she's a fighter she's a fighter she definitely believes in populist people things and supporting working people like for, that is her thing but she also has a certain amount of respect and appreciation she does get from the establishment. It's like, she's like Anna Eskamani in that way. Like she works with that, even though she really is. And the fact is she got endorsed by the woman who was stepping down.
0: Yeah. And that's a big deal. And again, I think probably the biggest reason why uh, Jasmine did get the endorsement because she is not a corporate candidate by any stretch. She takes some corporate money, but she's generally progressive. And the reason I think she got the endorsement, honestly, is because of what she did to lead the Democrats in the state house against badass. the GOP Like she literally pulled them out in her the, first term, by the way, where the GOP couldn't do anything. Like they were, all they could do was name call. And they like, like, listen, she just beat you at your own game. Uh, cowards, like there's one thing, there's one thing GOP will give, uh, you know, credit for And I agree. Listen, I think Glenn has fantastic takes when it comes to war and civil liberties and things like that. Um, he gets way too much into, the, you know, he gets too marred down in that culture war stuff, which again, I listen, people can have whatever opinions they want about a lot of that stuff. I think for the most part, it's all meant to divide and conquer. It's not meant to solve any problems. So again, uh overall, overall, Glenn Greenwald is a thumbs up. He's not a thumbs down. And the people who think he's a thumbs down, they're missing the bigger
1: piece. I don't the truth is, I just haven't really followed him in a really long time.
0: No. This, I mean, again, uh,
1: I agree with you. We, I don't. I honestly don't think that there should be parties. I really don't.
0: And if there is parties, it should be more of a parliamentary system. But again, for those people who are tired of the Democratic Party in particular, guys, follow, even if you don't agree completely with this politics, follow what Andrew Yang is doing. ranked choice voting and open primaries. If you, so, if you want to solve the electoral crisis in our country, that will help. helps enough because our... Dear leader, Mr. DeSantis decided that you cannot have open prime, uh, was it? You can't have ranked choice voting in Florida, not allowed. So that's it, you got Democrat or Republican and that's it.
1: That's all you get, that's your choices. But what we do have is a ballot
0: initiative here. Yeah, yeah, we do. So let's work on that. And of course, uh, if you can, again, Jessica Cisneros, Jasmine Crockett, Alexandra Hunt, Summer Lee, and of course the big guy himself, John Fetterman. Let's get it done tomorrow, guys. Uh, Hats off to Pennsylvania. They've done an amazing job, uh, obviously, down in Texas. And we will see you on Wednesday, hopefully with some surprises. We'll have some surprises? Yeah, why not? We'll figure some stuff out. I'm going to go
1: pray to my Susan Sarandon altar, the altar of
0: Susan. Hey, if you pray to her, you might actually get somewhere. That'd be great. Ranked choice voting. You got it, Patty.
1: I just figure, you know what? Maybe if I say that enough times, then I'll get her on the show.
0: Say it in the mirror three times. <laughs> right choice, right choice, right choice. She I was also such a wicked queen when you
1: say in the mirror. Like she was so good. If you guys haven't seen Enchanted, I mean, and it's cheesy nice it's again, musical. Christ. And I'm not usually into people breaking out in a song, but the fact that it was sort of a satire of people breaking out in a song made it like you know dealable for me. There's
0: a lot Susan of Susan Sarandon in that. There's one. a lot of people who are also really young, and I got to tell you, if you haven't really seen. Great to see you, Bronx. I'll. DeSantis doesn't like democracy. DeSantis likes whatever's good for DeSantis. Oh. <laughs> Bill, thank you for checking in. Uh, guys, if you haven't seen the early work of Susan Sarandon, I'm talking, if you haven't seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Everybody's if you seen haven't it. seen Atlantic City, if you haven't seen Bull Durham, if you haven't seen Thelma and Louise, if you haven't seen The Client, go and see those movies. You she's will be, always great. Yeah, she's, listen, she's one of the, and There's, you
1: don't even mention to me it was like the best thing ever was Dead Man Walking.
0: Dead Man Walking, which she won the Oscar for. That
1: was amazing. That yeah, was ama- I, Of course I saw it. Okay.
0: That was an amazing movie as well. And give credit to Sean Penn. Oh, he was always. great too. He's he is amazing. Listen, Sean Penn may be a colossal douchebag, but he's a great actor.
1: I don't know that, and I don't buy that, and I don't care one way or the other. That is somebody who picked up and moved to like a trailer in Haiti for like a year, trying to help people get their lives back. Yeah, together. he's a badass. And and when the Clinton Foundation was using it as a money laundering scam, and he's basically down there actually doing things and getting things to people, I don't care. What any, he's somebody who walks the walk.
0: He does. Give him credit,
1: and that's just that I don't. He's eccentric and probably has a lot of issues. Who knows? But
0: whatever, man. The man walks the walk. We can all agree on Susan Sarandon. We'll see you Wednesday.